Frozen Fenway is finally here, and UMass will be playing outdoors against BC. We got everything to get you guys ready with our game preview for this one. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of High Character. A very special point in the season has finally arrived. It is just about time for Frozen Fenway, the first one that UMass has participated in since 2017, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? I am excited, Cameron. Let's go. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really cool time. You know, it only happens trying to do the mental math here once every six years, roughly. But I think they do kind of like a rotating kind of like get every single other hockey East team before you start doing repeats type thing. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't come around very often and uh, granted, I think last time that we did it, it was during Carvel's first season. So we'll definitely be able to see a much different squad, hopefully this time. And uh, hopefully I don't actually remember if we won that game or not, to be honest, it was one of our five wins that season if we did win. So <laughs> That'll be a, that'll be, hopefully we can get a nice win in Boston. You know, it'll be a really, really fun time, especially against a much uh, hated opponent in BC. We are definitely uh, not massive fans of BC. I would even go as far to say is that we hate BC. You know, this is kind of a BC hate week as it, as it usually would be. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game and hoping that we can uh, really take care of business. Yeah, I gotta. I do have a little Frozen Four history for you, or not Frozen Four, Frozen Fenway. Hopefully, Frozen Four at some point this season. But yeah, seriously. Who knows? Um, yeah, but let's first get into a little little housekeeping here. We saw Reed Lebster finally come back in the last game versus Brown, so he should be good to go. And then another more couple big pieces coming back: Ryan Ufko and Kenny Connors, fresh off their bronze medal from. World Juniors, Coach Carvel said that they will be playing in this Frozen Fenway game. So that is definitely cause for excitement for UMass. Yeah, I think maybe just as a little bit of a, a correction to that, because I did actually, so I originally heard that Carvel was like 100% sure on them playing, but then I saw an article come out, I think it was last night that I read, and the full quote was basically like, I haven't really talked to them a whole lot, and I'm expecting them to want to play, but it was basically like a, like he hasn't really fully asked them. So there's no confirmation that they're going to play, but it does seem like all things would be trending in the right direction. Like Carvey knows his players, obviously he's going to, you know, know that they're going to be a, you know, roaring and ready to go for this game. But I've heard no full on confirmation that there's been like a, a 100% like they're going to play. I'm forcing them out there. It's going to happen. Apparently it's up to the players, but Carvey doesn't think that they're going to want to not play. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to have a little bit of rest in between. So I think they're going to definitely want to get back into the, the UMass swing of things. Yeah. And I mean, Ufko and Connors, a couple of high character guys, they're not going to turn down this opportunity to play, play on the field at Fenway with the, the green monster as your backdrop. So definitely anticipate them playing for sure. Uh, and congratulations to them for really phenomenal performance in the world juniors. Uh, I think Ufko had, nine points in the entire tournament or something like that uh as a third line defendment defenseman so um we saw connor's get a few goals so good job on them they got the bronze medal so that's pretty cool thing to add to the resume 
Yeah, no, they've been playing some of their best hockey at this point. Um, from what I'm seeing on Ryan Ucko's stats, he had 10 points across Ooh. seven games, which is just unbelievable. I mean, going over point per game, especially playing on, I'm pretty sure he was on the third line. You know, I think he was on the, the second power play line. So, I mean, he was getting a fair bit of power play time and he was making a count. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had five assists in one, in one game. I think it was against Germany. Mm-hmm. I think they ended up spanking Germany like 11, nothing, which is unreal to say the least, but, uh, yeah, Connor's got himself, I think, a goal or two as well. He uh, was getting himself some some points in the in the international tournament. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff, and it's going to be a really, really big addition to get them back uh, tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess before we jump into each team, uh, like we normally do for these preview episodes, we'll talk a little bit about the spectacle that is Frozen Fenway. Uh, I got a little bit of history for you. This is the fifth time that they've held Frozen Fenway uh 2010 2012 2014 and 2017 so this is the first one in six years um this is UMass's second time our third time ever playing at Frozen Fenway the first one was 2012 where they beat Vermont three to two in overtime and the second time was 2017 where they lost to BU five to three so they're one and one in these outdoor games uh, this is BC's fifth time playing in the uh, Frozen Fenway. They've played it every year. Uh, their record's three and one. They've won the last three times they've gone out there. So um, seems like they, I was going back through the history, it seems like they try to get the Boston schools in for every single one. So this will be UMass's third and uh, against the rival BC should be an absolutely phenomenal matchup. Curious to see where the, um, the fan split lines up, but sure to be a, a pretty packed house at Fenway, I would think. Yeah, I mean, UMass fans always travel pretty well. You know, like we are the flagship university of the University of Massachusetts system. So, um, yeah, obviously there's a huge alumni base, and I'm pretty sure a lot of them are centered around the Boston area. So even though it's kind of a quote-unquote, I don't want to say a home game for BC, but like, because they're not in Boston, mind you. They're in Chestnut Hill. You know, Newton, completely big distinction you got to make there. But uh, Completely close- neutral site. Exactly. It is a neutral site in the grand scheme of things, but they do have a little bit of the locational bonus. You know, they are closer than Amherst, Massachusetts. So they, you know, one would think that they would have the, uh, the fan advantage, but I don't think it's going to shake out that way at all because we just have a massive alumni base and we always show out when it really matters. So yeah, I'm expecting a really, really good crowd regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this will be something we won't be able to do uh, in any of our other previews. We're going to do a little uh, a weather outlook for this oh, game. God. Uh, it seems like it's going to be clear and in the, uh, mid thirties for this game. So a little chill in the air, uh, a little bit colder than the, um, the winter classic from last week. So, uh, good hockey conditions. It seems we won't get the snow falling, but the good part is we won't get rain either. So, uh, pretty good conditions. The ice should be, should be pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's obviously going to be a huge bonus. I mean, it always seems like with these outdoor games, the ice is always a little less than stellar, you know what I mean? So I think that might be something to take into account during the game, but it might not necessarily be weather-related because we're going to be close to freezing. You know, that's going to be at least decent outdoor hockey conditions. So obviously bundle up whenever you can, but obviously rock as much UMass gear as you possibly can as well. I might try and sacrifice a little bit of my warmth just to show up the, the Kale McCarr jersey. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I think either way, it's going to be decent enough weather. We're not going to be getting absolutely destroyed with snow or rain, which is definitely the biggest plus out of all that. Nice to have a nice little weather report in the middle of a, uh, a high character episode. Never thought I'd hear that in my life, but always good to hear. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, if you still don't have tickets for this event, I'll give you a little uh, um, I was at the winter classic. So I'll tell you guys where the good spots are and not definitely if you could still get tickets in the upper deck, um, that is the best place to be able to see the ice just about anywhere around the main bowl of the upper deck. The bleachers in the outfield aren't bad if you're in the higher rows, just pretty far away, kind of hard to track the puck sometimes. And then anything um, in what would be like the box seats or the really good seats for a Red Sox game, uh, those are totally hit or miss with this ice setup. If you're in the first couple rows of uh, all the stands, then you're not going to be able to see the puck at all. The boards will be blocking you completely. Uh, for some reason, the field at Fenway isn't totally level, and it seems like uh, what's actually in fair territory is a little bit higher than um, like the very front of the crowd. So just what happens when you have a ballpark that's 110 years old, I guess. Yeah. But uh, definitely stray away from the first couple rows. I think the grandstand seats, the the blue wooden ones, while not comfortable, will probably be pretty decent for seeing everything. So. Um, but the main thing is, if you can get upper deck, definitely take that for sure. And uh, another thing to note with this, wherever you are, if you already got your tickets, this is it's just a really cool like experience to have, regardless of uh, what you're able to see. So just wherever you are, just make sure you enjoy your time and soak in the whole atmosphere because it's totally unique sports experience. Yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of, I don't want to say once in a lifetime because, I mean, it does happen every year, but it's like, I feel like, you know, college hockey is a little bit different because the tickets are a lot cheaper. But, I mean, I would have killed to go to the Winter Classic. That would have been really cool. It's just so damn expensive. You know what I mean? So, this is kind of, you know, if if going to a Winter Classic is kind of like on your bucket list, I feel like this is at least a decent alternative, especially if you're listening to the High Character Podcast right now. You're already a big UMass hockey fan, so there's no reason why you wouldn't want to go to this game anyway. I mean, it's going to be an awesome experience regardless. So, again – Looking forward to it. It's going to be my first time there. I think it's going to be your first time at a frozen Fenway as well, Cam, or yep. I want to correct me. Yeah, no. So it's going to be a couple of firsts for us and it's going to be really, really fun. Can't wait for it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just a, a little plug, if you want to uh, see what the vibes are like before, beforehand or even after um, on my personal YouTube account, I made a whole video about the winter classic. So you can see all the, all the views and all the different angles from there too. Um, just search Cameron Guzzo on YouTube. You could check that out. I would certainly appreciate it, but uh, let's jump into this game. So we have BC for the first time this year, um, our our main foe in college hockey. They come in number 21 in the pairwise. Their record is 7-6-4, and four. and just looking through their schedule, um, just about every game had the outcome that you'd expect from the team that's in the 20s of the pairwise. There's no real surprises at all, just a kind of kind of mid I guess the kids would call it uh one outcome that does stand out they beat BU on Jerry York night nine to six um which is kind of crazy game but uh that's the really only one that stands out and no other surprises on their schedule at all I would say yeah I mean they tied Providence twice so I'll give them some credit for that because Providence is a very decent team this season um but I mean they're coming off of a loss most recently so I think that's going to be huge they they played a uh, an away series against Arizona State they beat them at first five to two and then they lost two to one so I mean I think I'm not sure if it's going to be a case they're going to be coming in hungry as hell trying to get back in the W column or maybe the Arizona State loss might have deflated them a little bit I'm not sure but um 
they were on a really, really decent, like they, they seem kind of like a streaky team. Like they've gone, you know, for a stretch of three losses, granted it was against UConn and Merrimack twice. So those are games they probably could have expected to lose considering how those teams have, have done so far this season. So like you said, it was a very, you know, nothing really crazy reactionary. It was just, you know, they're, they're what nine or seven, six and four. That's a lot of ties. When you think about it, God damn, four ties already. That's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, they're a decent team. You know, they're a hockey team that goes up against really, really stiff competition. And hopefully we can, we can get another W in our win column instead of them getting in theirs. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough game, especially in a kind of a weird location. Cause again, the ice conditions are going to be really, really. So I'm really curious to see how that kind of plays into it. Yeah. And uh, UMass coming into this game, number 14, as it stands right now in the pairwise, their records nine, seven and three. Um, and you guys know uh, kind of the tail of the tape with them throughout the season, coming off a couple wins against bottom-dwelling teams um, after a couple of disappointing losses before that. But they they have two of their main guys coming back, Kenny Connors, Ryan Ufko. Uh, we have Reed Lebster against a better opponent now. So um, definitely anticipating a better uh, product on the ice for UMass this game. And I think the most important thing is Connors and Ufko coming back. You know, like, again, two guys in the top five, or I guess top four, you know, point getters on your team, it's going to be, it's really tough to replace, you know, especially when it's not even a case of like, oh, they're injured or something like that. Like they were out there playing on one of the biggest stages of junior hockey, which is huge for them. I think that's going to be really, really good for their confidence. They were playing with amazing players on that USA team. So I think they're, you know, they were kind of forced, especially throughout practice for the past couple of weeks playing with team USA. They're, they're going to be, they're going to come back to us, I think faster and stronger and smarter. You know, that I think that was going to be a really, really good experience for them to, just improve and develop their game. So I'm expecting them to come back in completely full force. You know, they might be physically a bit tired because they were playing a lot of games in the past couple of days. I think they just played back-to-backs in the past two days. And then they're going to be coming back to, to Boston on basically one day rest. It's a lot of hockey to be playing. So if they do end up playing against BC, I think they might take a couple of games off throughout the rest of January just to kind of recoup a little bit. But yeah, if they end up playing against BC, they're, I think, massive addition to the team and it's going to be really really good to have them back yeah and that leads us right into our um, leading scorers conversation Connors and Ufko uh, two of the top scorers for UMass so uh, imperative to have them back and Connors he's actually uh, even with the missing a couple games he still leads the team he's got 17 points seven goals 10 assists so um, like you said absolutely huge specifically to have him back kind of kind of leading the way on offense yeah, definitely. And I mean, the one that we didn't mention, Scott Morrow is in second place. You know, we, we've, we've said our things about him and I've been one of his more vocal, I guess, adversaries as of late, but I mean, you can't deny what he's been doing on offense. You know, he's in the, in the, the goals and the assist column, he does his thing. That's, that's where he shines. So it's obviously, I'm hoping that this will be kind of a, a breakout game for him because he's been putting up, you know, decent numbers, you know, but I feel like a lot of those came from the beginning of the season when we were on our big run. He's been not really doing a whole lot offensively as of late. And, you know, the empty net goal last game against Brown aside, I think, I think what we, what do we say in that, in that review episode, it was what his first goal since like October 22nd or something like that. Like yeah, something very beginning there. of the season. So I'm hoping he, he shows back up in the goal column because, you know, we, we kind of need that, that, that offensive influx from him, you know, that's going to be huge, especially if, if Ufko and Connors are going to be, you know, really tired just coming back from the world juniors. I think if, if anybody does need to step up and really do something offensively, I'm hoping it's Scott Morrow because 
as of recently, he's been a bit lacking, and I'm I'm hoping that he can kind of pick it up and and find his his previous form once again. Yeah, and he's like you said, still right near the top of that list, so he's still yeah. producing. Um, definitely want to see that that goals number go up a little bit for him as a offensive minded defenseman. Um, on the BC side, their uh, top scorers it's actually a tie for first place: Cutter Gauthier and Nikita Nestorenko. They both have 16 points. Um, Cutter's got 10 goals and six assists, a really uh, shoot first type of guy. Um, and Nestorenko has four goals and 12 assists. So uh, they have they have about five guys that have pretty high point totals, and then it falls off a little bit from there. So um, kind of a core group of guys to keep your eye on for BC. Yeah, I mean, that always is how kind of the BC teams kind of roll really high skill. You know, I'm pretty sure Cutter's like a – I think he's a fifth overall pick to the Flyers. Like, he's he's filthy. I'm not – I hate giving praise to BC players, but that dude's filthy. Like, I'm pretty sure just last night when – in the just he's also going to be coming back from the World Juniors. He was just – he was basically at the opposite of Ovechkin. Like, he'll sit there at the top of the right face-off dot and just rip slab shots constantly because one-timers. He's a really, really solid player. Cynthia and Nestorenko, he's more of a pass-first type of guy. But they have a lot of speed and skill on that team. You know, like, that's the one thing that kind of worries me about BC a little bit is they have a lot of – maybe – I don't I don't know the, their team's character whatsoever. This is not a BC podcast, even though we were for April Fools that one time. But <laughs> we, we do not – you know, we don't know anything about the locker room of BC. But we have the character. They have the, you know, the skill, you know, or the, the speed, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're more – they have that championship NHL draft type pedigree. That's just the way BC guys, you know, they always, but they got three Bruins draft picks. I don't know what it is about BC and getting Bruins guys. It's insane to me, but uh, yeah, we're just getting, you know, our first Bruins guy in a Dan's Los Mellis. Hopefully he, uh, he comes through next season. That'd be really cool to have a Bruins guy on the team, but yeah, no, nah, BC really solid, skillful team. So I'm um, hoping we can shut them down, you know, especially in our own D zone. Cause getting getting turnovers and stuff like that's going to be huge i think yeah sorry if i i still don't know if i'm pronouncing his last name right cutter gothier i think gothier. i think it's gochier gochier yeah fifth. somehow you put a c in there when you put a th together i don't know how the <laughs> hell that works but yeah fifth overall pick so he's definitely a, a guy to keep your eye on um we'll switch over to the goalies we know who it is on the umass side when you got a big game they're, they're going to go to luke pavisic so far he's got 14 games started this year 2.3 goals per game and a 931 save percentage. And he's coming off uh, a shutout last game against Brown. So he's definitely feeling good. We'll see um, how the sight lines and some of the other stuff that goes into a outdoor game at a baseball park uh, affect him in goal, but um, definitely got confidence in him after that shutout last time out. Yeah. There's no chance in hell he doesn't play. I mean, it's as simple as that. He's putting up really solid numbers so far this season. You know, he had a couple of blips early on, you know, you give him the, the next game off, you get the backup in whoever the backup may be, whether it's Cole Brady or Henry Graham, you're going to give him a, a, a game off anyway. And uh, yeah, it, it obviously seems like he's going to stay the guy going forward, you know, until he effectively gives up his spot, which hopefully doesn't happen because I have a lot of a lot of faith in Luke Pavisic. He's been showing his uh, his ability so far this season. He's been very, very solid in most games. Yeah, absolutely. And on the BC side, it'll definitely be Mitch Benson. He's taken um, just about all the starts for BC in 17 games. He has 2.81 
goals per game and a 904 save percentage. So um, not the best stats, but uh, this BC team doesn't allow too, too many shots against. So um, they don't totally heavily rely on their goaltender. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he started every single game, Mitch Benson. Um, like you said, you know, not a lot of shots against, which, you know, I haven't seen many, if at all, BC games so far this season. So I don't know if it's a case of Benson's just really bad and the the little shots that they do let up against him, he lets in because his numbers aren't that great. 2.81 goals against average and just above a 900 save percentage are not great. But I mean, it, you know, it could also be a, a case of they let up very, very high quality opportunities on the few that they do let up, they convert on. So I don't know how it is. I mean, we'll obviously see tomorrow, you know, tomorrow night. But um, yeah, really hoping that we can, you know, break down Mitch Benson because if he plays up to his stats, I give ourselves a really, really solid chance of putting up at least three against him. And I'm hoping that Pavisic can, you know, keep it to below two for them. You know what I mean? I'm hoping for a nice three-two win personally. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. And I guess it leads into our keys to the game. Um, obviously, kind of the main key to the game in this one is how the outdoor rink will affect the play. Um, Almost every guy I would imagine on both of these teams has never played um, an actual organized game outside. So it doesn't seem like the weather is going to affect it too much. We didn't see um, the winter classic last week be affected by the weather very much. So um, should be pretty decent. Hope, hope guys can kind of rein it in for the big moment. And then you mentioned you'd like to see a three, two score Um, BC in terms of their goals for and against is, kind of the epitome of of mid they uh 2.9 goals for 2.9 goals against so maybe if you get up over um that three or over you might be in good shape for this one so those are my those are my couple keys to the game yeah I mean that's actually a really funny stat like 2.9 for both because I mean 2.9 goals for it seems like a pretty decent amount to be fair that seems kind of high but also the 2.9 goals against is also quite high so Seems like most games the BC plays are very, very just high scoring, just barn burner types on both ends of the ice. But uh, I think, I think in my opinion, the biggest thing for me is just kind of, I, I, I don't want to sound like a homer here, but I feel like the whole outdoor game and maybe, you know, less than ideal quality ice could kind of lend itself to UMass a bit more than BC. Cause I think BC tends to play with, you know, like I said, more skill, you know, they tried to play or try to make really, just speedy plays where they're just cutting down the ice, you know, and just playing really, really fast and quick. You know, I think, you know, if you have less than ideal ice, it always seems to make it really tough to make those sorts of plays. And I think UMass tries to play a little bit better positionally. I think that always, you know, like we play more gritty, you know, zone-based hockey where you don't really have to make the most amazing plays of all time. You kind of just play really solid, hard-nosed hockey. I think this type of game is going to lend itself to that style. So I'm hoping that that will, work out on our favor but uh obviously you never know I mean we we really just got to tighten things up on defense because if if the ice quality is going to be really poor I think that's going to make it even tougher for us to to get back on defense because we've been giving up a metric ass ton of breakaways recently and I think we need to clean that up a lot so if they're going to get one of their speedy guys to try and split open the defense you know when we have the puck in their zone and they get a quick turnover and they can counterattack like they have been that happened a lot in the Clarkson game and a lot in the Lake Superior State game as well, and even the Brown game. It's been happening a lot recently. I think if, you know, I think the, the the poor ice could really make it really tough to tighten up in our own, you know, just on our own defensively. You know, it's going to be really tough. So I'm hoping we we tighten that up a lot, and hopefully we can play a nice, clean game of hockey. The stats do back you up in terms of uh, giving up 
all those chances. On average, uh, UMass takes 28.5 shots per game. Uh, they give up just about 35 shots per game, which uh, leads to they've had to UMass has had to make 613 saves, and uh, they've only forced 484 saves. So that shot margin this season is getting bigger and bigger as we go on. Um, and it'd be nice to see UMass uh, start to work towards limiting all those shot opportunities. Cause uh, like we said, Pav can't stand on his head every night. So um, you want to lean a little bit less heavy on your goaltender for sure. Then one last thing I wanted to share uh, both these teams, very solid on the power play UMass um, kind of other word, otherworldly still 33.3% uh, BC's 23.1%. So both teams pretty good there. And both teams are really good in the faceoff dot too. UMass fifty two point three percent, BC fifty two point nine percent. So both those areas will definitely be a, a focus in a battle come Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, do you actually do you have the uh, the penalty kill stats up too? I'm curious to I, see what those are. I don't. I I, can I figured it would up. all be on the same page. That was one that seemed pretty. I was wondering. I was like, wow. I was like, how the hell did you manage to only talk about power play but not PK? I was like, what's going on here? Regardless, <laughs> though, I mean, to talk about the the power play, I mean. The power play is definitely, I think, regressed. I think at one point we were like 50%, which is obviously extremely unsustainable. And I would not expect us to keep that, you know, 50% tick at all. But I mean, 33 is definitely no slouch either. I'm not sure what that would put us in, you know, for the nation. I'm assuming that's probably top 10 at the bare minimum. You know, we're looking really, it was, really it was one here. not too long ago. So yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, even it might even be still top five, you know, that's a really, really solid clip that we're doing the, the power play at, but, um, yeah, special teams are going to be really important because I don't know, like it always seems like, you know, and granted, I have no stats to back this up. I'm going off of pure vibes with this statement. Granted, 98% of the statements that I make on this podcast are pure vibes anyway, so it shouldn't be that much different from what I normally say. But um, I'm expecting both teams to go in with a lot of energy, you know, and that could really lend itself to having just an, an absolutely immense amount of penalties, in my opinion, which mm. could very well suit either team because they're both you know obviously we, i think you said what uh bc was only 23 percent on the power play so i mean yeah yeah that's not, that's not even remotely as good as umass is so still it's not gonna bad be, though yeah i mean if it's going to be a complete and utter ref fest though i feel like i'm going to put it into umass's hands rather than bc's hands on you know in that regard mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that it's not going to be one of those games you know i'm hoping the boys can you know can play hard on either end and it's not going to be a complete and utter ref show because we've seen enough of those already this season I don't want to have another depressing episode where I'm going to be sitting there saying, why did, I don't even know, like, why is Briganti not calling, you know, icings and, you know, not dropping the puck on time, you know, like, I don't want to start making it about the refs and lines and, you know, there's no need, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a big energy filled game and that very well could lend itself to a lot of penalties that we could very well capitalize on. Yeah. And I got the, uh, the penalty kill stats. UMass is 81% BC 82 so all right so the epitome there. of mid on both sides understood <laughs> yeah let's call this the mid episode <laughs> this game uh we're hoping it won't be mid though it should be an absolutely great time uh hope to see as many of you as we possibly can there we're gonna be at the pregame gathering for organized by umass uh the bullpen kitchen and tap at three o'clock so we will see a lot of you guys there and at the game as well uh we got some other uh kind of fun surprises for ourselves that we won't delve into yet but if you guys stay tuned to our, our social medias and stuff um in for in for a treat for this game it should be a, a great time um like i said looking forward to seeing all you guys out there and uh 
um, definitely soak it all in because this kind of thing doesn't happen very often. And it's, it's super cool watching a game outside. So definitely take it all in um, and, and enjoy yourselves this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome experience. I simply cannot wait. I mean, there's no other words to really describe it at this point. So I'll leave it at that. All right, we will see all of you guys at the Bullpen Kitchen and Tap and then at Fenway Park for the game. Thank you guys for listening once again, and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Can't wait to see you all at Frozen Fenway.